In this episode, I speak with Carolina Montanez, one of four powerhouse women running international freight company in Australia, Plain to Sea. Carolina was born in Colombia and moved to Australia 17 years ago. She met her co-founders, Anna and Jody in a previous job, and they had an instant connection. When that business closed down, they got together along with Nikki and started their own business. 11 years later, they have developed a strong bond built from respect true friendship, and an impeccable work ethic. They've been through marriages, breakups, babies, and everything else in between. It's their transparency and genuine desire to help others succeed that continues to grow their business at a healthy rate and have customers reach out to them. Their business plays a crucial part in the global supply chain in moving goods around the world to different markets. Welcome to the Rare Conversations podcast. I'm Leonie Milano, and I chat with creative entrepreneurs and business owners around the world about what it takes to start, sustain, scale, and sell a business. We talk about real-life scenarios to help you understand the path before you, to inspire your journey. I transitioned from working in film, TV, and global events to working with creative entrepreneurs through mindset coaching and mentoring. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs embrace the journey, understand themselves better, accelerate their growth, and get the most out of life, making sure they have a hell of a lot of fun along the way. Carolina, it is so lovely to have you today. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you going? I'm good. I'm wonderful. Thanks for for the invitation. Oh, it's so lovely to have you. Can you tell me a little bit more about your background and how you got into working in the freight industry? Oh, okay. You're testing my memory there because I'm going <laughs> to reveal all of my, of my. Um, Well, I, I personally, I'm, I'm originally from Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when I was doing my business degree, we have to do uh, six months of internship in a company. So mm-hmm. we started looking. Everybody went for the, you know, for the big companies in um, in, in in Colombia, just because you need to have a big name. Um, and I ended up in a freight company, and I had no idea what freight was. I just needed <laughs> to do my business internship. So I landed there. I was there for six months, um, and um, they made me do absolutely everything: archiving, going to the airport, and all of that. And and that's how I started in freight. I always tell everybody that tells me, how did you end up in freight? And I say, I didn't want to be in freight. I just ended up in freight and kind of staying there. Um, so when I decided to come to Australia to um, to do my master's degree, I contacted the company that I was working for in Colombia because luckily for me, it was a multinational. And I said, look, I was working for them in, in Colombia. Is there any way that you can give me any job? So I can work and study at the same time, and they were, and that's how oh, they brilliant. started, um, and they opened the door to, for me to be in freight here in Australia, and the rest is, is history since then. And you got a very well-rounded education, by the sounds of it, where you got to go into so many different departments when you were in Colombia. Yeah, well, um, uh, that was probably yeah one of the biggest learning um, curves that I have when I was doing my my, my internship because I touched the company in every single angle. And then I decided that marketing and sales, it was what it was for me. Um, I just don't do an invoice. Don't even ask me because Nikki here from my office, 
she just tells me now if I tell her oh just I'll invoice it is like no that's okay you just keep talking to clients (laughs) 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 you get it but um but it's good that I I I got to see every single aspect of a company and then I end up in what I love that is talking to people which is customer service and, and 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 sales and talking about uh, your wonderful structure with your company, with your partners, aside from your company, do you find that there are a lot more females in the freight industry or are they in more sp- specifically in, you know, relegated to admin type roles? Absolutely, absolutely. Even when I came to Australia, I realised we we were um we were put in a box where we are only the customer service day-to-day girl or the admin and invoicing girl and all the big decisions will be mainly um by men and um and that's um like the managing directors and and the big yet the 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 people that call the the shots normally and men, I will say that probably roughly will be 70, 80% of, mm. of, the, of the freight industry is male. Um, so when we had the opportunity to um, to start playing to see, it was mainly because uh, as women, we like to have our friendships and we developed such a tight friendship through work and we were working so well and we each of us will, was part of uh, each department that we thought, why not? Like we've been doing it and making money for men or for another company for X amount of dollars um, or X amount of years, sorry. So why not put in our, you know, our effort together and do it for us? And and that's how we started. We just wanted to stay together, keep working with friends. And and that's how Plenty Sea started as as a as a all-female um, international freight forwarding. And and since then we have gone through, you know, we, we go through events where um, I remember um, Anna, um, which is one of the directors here, and myself, we went to a, a, a I think it was a lunch or a, or a breakfast, I don't remember really well. And and um, what well, we have somebody, we have a, a, a guy across um, on the table and he said, um, so you're only girls and it's an international freight forwarding company. And she was like, what? So we can move boxes? Well, what is it so special that that we can't get anything organized. And that's when when we were talking before, I said, we organize an entire household. We organize kids, we organize husbands, lunches, everything before they go to the front door. That's all logistics. So how come we can organize for these little boxes in the USA <laughs> um, your door? Like is that is that was mind blowing. And and that's when we, the way that we started is like, yeah, well, we can do it. And, you know, here, here we are almost 11 years later and we have gone through everything we have done. That's we have incredible. Dirty, but we still have our team. And, and the most important is we still have it for of us. Yes. And that's something that I wanted to talk about is culture in the workplace is so critical. If you have a toxic work environment and people are uncomfortable, it just makes the company horrible. The the whole experience, people want to leave. How have you managed to keep such a thriving culture? amongst the the four of you 
Yeah, well, the thing is, we don't let um, any environmental, how do I put it, issues <laughs> um, or any situations, because we all, it doesn't matter male or, or female, we all have problems and mm -hmm. we all have houses and we all have days where my kid didn't sleep at night or I have a fight with a husband. And we try to leave those at the door and, um, and we... We, we have gotten rid of toxic people. Like if, mm -hmm. uh, if somebody is there that is not with the culture of what you're looking for, you have to remove it because if you don't cut it from the beginning, then it's going to grow. Um, Absolutely. And, and so we have done that. And we have, we have, we, we approach the company as a family. Um, we are very tight. At the end of the day, we spend more time with each other that sometimes at home, uh, but we're just very firm on we don't let anything go in between. At the end of the day, everybody has a task and we are all here working together to put money in, to put money and food in everybody's table. And that's our goal. And with that mentality, we, have, we haven't let anything else um, get in, in between us. So you're focusing on the right things, essentially, and keeping things moving forward. Pretty much, Which, pretty much. We just said to to our to everybody here at the team, we just we're here together with the same goal. It doesn't mm. matter how we get there. We just need to get to where we want. It's amazing. It's so good to have it have that solid foundation, and everybody knows where you're coming from, and, and everything is transparent. Do very, you do? Very. Do you do most of your business locally, or is it internationally? We have a little bit of both. We have clients. Uh, obviously, we, we, we focus on the Australian market, so most of our clients are Australian-based. Um, mm -hmm. We focus in on the small and medium-sized companies. Uh, we have a huge growth on um, business, uh, businesses that are created or founded or, um, or directed by women, especially we have a lot of moms in our, mm. in our, in our, in our um, list of clients. Um, but interestingly, one of the things that COVID brought for us is because COVID happened and all of a sudden we were, you know, in lockdowns and all of that. I started to get um, clients to contact me from the UK, from USA, from New Zealand, and they say, can you help us? And I was like, well, why not? Even though you're not here and I haven't seen you, I can still move your cargo. So we have expanded our business um, in a way that we have clients that we don't know and they're everywhere. So I will say that international freight, we all move, like every single company moves boxes from A to B so we can be anywhere at any time. That's amazing. And did you also have, I mean, I'd like to talk about what kind of restrictions you had, you know, because there were so many countries that were closed down. How did that affect you with getting things moved around and delayed? Well, um, COVID has affected the international, not only people, but the international trade immensely. Because as soon as COVID hit and the countries closed their borders, um, flights uh, and airplanes um, came to a standstill. So what happens is, and um, for anybody out there that is not too familiar with international freight, when you are a passenger on a flight, your luggage goes to the bottom or on your feet, pretty much, that's where they put it, but they also put cargo. So you could be sitting on somebody's um, product um, 
Durant, during during the trip. So when we do no you planes, mean in the in the, in the airplane, cargo area of the plane? Yes, the right. Cargo area. So pretty much most of the cargo flights in the belly of mm. um of any airplane, and we sit in on top. So mm. if there is no passengers, there is no luggage, but there is also no cargo. So all of a sudden, all these products and uh, products that are high value and very important are the products that move via air freight. So we have all our clients for medical um, industries wanted to have their medicine or the, or we do uh, move clients that we bring a part for a, a part of our body for somebody that needs an implant and it has to be so time uh, timely so perfectly. So all of a sudden everything is closed. So there's no planes. Mm. So we are we have no planes. The only the next option is we start moving all via the sea. But when all of that air freight started moving sea freight, it created a massive congestion on sea freight, which we're still suffering from. Now still. we have flight. Still, still, everything is congested. Everything takes forever. And um, we used to be so lucky that I had a client saying, Carolina, I have a container in the USA. Can you book it for pickup next week? Yeah, no problem. I'll contact the supplier. Your container will be in the warehouse next Wednesday for loading. Now it takes between four to six weeks for us to get a booking. So everybody oh, has wow. to be so well um, prepared well in advance. Mm. There is no urgency. And, and, and that's when we are, um, as, as an industry in, a, in general, because we move everything. Sometimes you go to the supermarket and you pick up, you know, a bag of chips, turn it around and say, oh, yeah, it was made in Thailand. But you don't think. What was the trip from that right. pack of yes. <laughs> your the hand. journey, the journey for every product. I I think yes. I find that quite interesting. And by the way, there's some some of our products have had several journeys from different countries. Yes, absolutely. I've heard of things like apples being shipped somewhere to be waxed and then sent back somewhere. I mean, it's all a little bit crazy when you think about it. For example, we for 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 us in Australia, we send the wool to China to mm. make the jumpers and then the jumpers come back. But then mm. the packaging is coming, for example, from Italy or the Italian fabric is going to China or India or Thailand for everything that we manufacture, that they manufacture and then is created and is moved across. At the moment, I have a client that moves containers empty like um, isotanks, which, which are like um, the round containers for fuel, mm -hmm. but they're empty. So... He moves them from country to country for storage. So we, for mm. example, have them in Fremantle here in Australia. And then he told me, well, now I need you to move them to Thailand. So we move them to Thailand and somebody else stores something for six months there. And now those empty containers are going to the Netherlands to oh, wow. store something else. So it, so it is constantly everything moving everything, everything. everywhere. Moving, not only consumables, but... We do, you know, we do crazy stuff as well. We move crazy stuff as well and uh, and, and everything is, is a challenge. So with all of that, with having no, like just, just to go back to your question, um, with air freight or with airplanes not working, then the congestion has been created on the sea freight. So there is a huge, um, a, a huge pressure on us 
to get staff moving around. And, and that mentality is being, uh, uh, thankfully, businesses are catching up with right. that with this concept that there is delays. And 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 hopefully it'll ease and get back to, I mean, it's very hard to tell, isn't it, in the world these days? It is very hard because now, for example, most of the countries had opened their borders, but still tourism is not as big as it used to be. So there are not many planes around. And now, for example, there's another stuff, for example, what is happening with Russia and the Ukraine, international Mm -hmm. freight gets gets um everything is impacted there were vessels that were going through the black sea to connect countries with another country they can't go through Mm. the black sea so they have to reroute and go around the world to to take the same goods to the same place so we are in a at the moment we're in a constant change of problems um and we just needed to to deal with each situation um as better as the yeah, to the best of our capabilities. Mm. And, I mean, that already is a huge challenge in itself. And I know when we were speaking before, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you face in your day-to-day work where, you know, you mentioned that you don't get a day off. Well, International Friday is 24-7. Well, uh, I'm in Australia and I may be, going back going to pick up my daughter and they go to do dinner europe is a starting so right. i get calls from agents saying oh, okay well we have a problem with this container out of italy so what do we do and i could easily just say no wait until tomorrow but it's 24 hours that i lose for my client so mm-hmm. it is a constant movement um we op- us here, all the managers are pretty much on a 24-7 um, rotation. We have um, one of the girls here, um, Jody, that is our op- uh, director of operations. Um, she decided that she starts early. So she starts at 4 in the morning, um, mm. reading emails and all of that, while her two little kids are still sleeping to catch everybody in the USA. And uh, then yes. in the afternoon, um, I'm, I may be available or I'm available or, uh, for people in Europe. So we, we all have to be flexible enough. We are lucky enough that we have wonderful people. Um, our our um, national airport ma- um, air freight manager, Anthony, um, he does crazy hours for us um, just to move um, things um, and, and just to to make sure that nothing falls behind because every single shipment could change so rapidly. So those are bigger challenges for us mm. that obviously had affected and uh, had affected our personal life because we have to be available. If mm. we want this business to grow and to keep growing, we have to be available to, you know, to help our clients. And we have a lot of clients that are, small and medium-sized businesses so if i sleep and i said they're counting on you they're counting on me so if i and if if you are importing something from germany and i have a problem and i said okay i'll leave it until tomorrow it's 24 hours that you can Mm. not have your cargo available and it's your livelihood and that's how we treat our husband our husband sorry (laughs) that's what we treat our um our clients our clients like we are dealing with people some people put their homes um, up against the bank so they can make a living with a company. So that's how we treat it because we we are like that. We, we you understand them. 
implicitly. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we love to um, work with small and medium-sized businesses because we we make a difference for them. Mm. They, I always tell my clients, um, you don't have a logistics manager, you have us. You mm. don't need to pay that money to a logistic manager. Let me do that. You just place the order and go and sell because that's your job because the more mm. you sell, the more I ship. And then mm-hmm. I follow. I follow the rest. Yeah, it's um, it, it's just nonstop, right? <laughs> the whole time. Hey everyone, I'm excited to jump in here and let you know about my upcoming program for 2022. People say knowledge is power, but that's not entirely true. If you do nothing with that knowledge, it's worthless. If you implement it, you become unstoppable. Creating your own business takes work commitment, dedication to getting tasks done, working through the frustrations when you realize it's more than you thought and you feel like you're always on the verge of quitting. The easy thing to do is give up, but that just perpetuates a cycle because when there is something you can't stop thinking about, something that you really want to create, you'll never be able to shake it. What we're not taught in school is how our brain actually works. It is so hardwired with our individual beliefs based on our own life experiences that it takes the utmost awareness to know what you need to do differently to achieve your goals. This is the single biggest thing that can be the deciding factor on how well you live your life. When you're starting a new business, there are stages you need to go through. Analysis, planning, testing, strategizing, taking action, in tandem with accountability and support, etc. This is what I help my clients with. In my 10-week program, I'll take you from being stuck and not knowing how to grow to getting clarity and confidence that will get you to the next level. We'll make sure your niche, target market, offer, and strategy is solid by implementing systems and a step-by-step action plan to strengthen your foundation that will allow you to grow faster than you could have imagined. You'll gain clarity and confidence with every step, not ever having to return to where you were ever again. I work with a limited number of clients at any time, and to really help you, it needs to be a mutually beneficial fit. This is for someone serious about their growth, for someone who's tired of just getting by to having a healthy business that actually makes money. If this sounds like something you're interested in, send me an email to hello at leonimilano.com. That's L-E-O-N-I-M-I-L-A-N-O.com with the word apply and we can jump on a call to see if this works. If you can tell me one thing that you got out of this episode, I'll add an exclusive bonus. Now let's get back to the episode. What is a big challenge that you have had that you have managed to overcome within your business? Um, I think the biggest challenge that we have um, that we have had is to prove to people that we can be um, female business in a male industry, and that and and to and to prove to the industry, to prove to our competitors that. That, that you are managed um, by an all-female team, that doesn't mean that, you know, that the company is not going to grow. Um, we, we started almost 11 years ago, just the four of us. Now we're 13 people. So the, I think that to change that mentality in the industry is being one of the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been very blessed to have um, clients that have supported us from day one. 
and just because we have that personal relationship. Um, and that's reciprocated to, as well. That's right. That's right. So what we do is I try to make freight as approachable as possible to all the clients because and how we do it with personal, you know, with personal connections, um, mm. with something in common, um, with having a Zoom meeting with a client and seeing the daughters in the background <laughs> playing. Right. And I was like, look, you know what? I have daughters too. And I sometimes yes. I scream at them because I'm too stressed. Like we are people, we are yeah. business, but we may be plain to see as a business name, but you only as good as the people that is behind that brand. And mm. that's, that's something that we have used to, um, to fight that challenge of, um, of being in a male-oriented um, industry. Hmm. Now, because you have such an incredible uh, business office culture and business model, do you mentor people? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and the way that we have done it is we have done it by making our operations department um, accessible and, and bringing um, young blood into the company because we are all getting old. <laughs> we are just, um, we I think you've got a while to go yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have to go then. But what we have done is um, we started um, with um, one, of, one of the female, one of the four female founders, um, Nikki, she was basing, she, she, she took the role of accounts um, when the four girls started. Um, then when it was time for us to start growing, um, her, um, her uh, little boy, well, not so little anymore, um, her son, um, Mason, was looking for somewhere to do a little bit of, you know, work experience to see if he, if he would want to, to work with us. So we actually brought him in. He started to be our, our, our operator, and now he's pretty much one of our supervisors here with operations. And we have taught Amazing. him uh, because we have this mentality where everybody has to be trained to do as much as possible, or if not everything. He started doing um, sea freight, then we move it to containers, and then we move it with air freight, and now he's doing exports. So he has all the knowledge of the operational um, operational um, side. So he was pretty much our first mentoring baby. Um, mm. Then we were lucky enough to meet Jared, um, who does operations as well. He contacted us on the back of finishing his high school um, mm. and we got him in and same, he's gone through the training of, with Mason, of going through the whole operational side of the company. So that's mentoring per Amazing. person two. And now we have Madison who, who came through us as well, um, leaving her, um, she does customer service. So we needed somebody in customer service to help us with the amount of orders that were coming through. Um, mm -hmm. And she came with a no international freight background. She was just working, you know, like a young person working in, in, in several jobs and McDonald's and all of that. And, and she came through us and we are now working with her and she's an amazing, an amazing customer service person. Um, to the point that I have clients that they just want to talk to her, which is fine. They talk to her because Lovely. she is to, to be on top of things and, and she has such a attention to detail. So this is our three um, young ones that we have. Um, three little superstars in. by the sounds of it. Yeah. And they make it happen. And, and they, you know, they're, they're, you are only as strong as your team. And every time that I bring a new account on board, I tell them, I have no problems. I know that they're going to get the job done. Mm. 
Oh, that's so lovely. And one other thing I wanted to talk about was, how, I mean, we touched on it a little bit before where you talked about the containers that that man was sending around. What are the kinds of things that you're shipping around the world and have you had to send anything really obscure? <laughs> We well, we obviously try. We we try to stay. Uh, oh no, we definitely stay away from anything that is forbidden. Obviously, <laughs> like, I'm Colombian, but I'm not moving any of the Colombian stuff in my right. container. <laughs> Absolutely, but um, funny funny story. Um, when I was, I told you before that I was, I did my internship in an international freight forwarding at a young age. So mm-hmm. uh, they saw something that I could talk to people and actually probably get on sales. And so I, I, my first role as a salesperson was to obviously go and get business. I was probably 17, 18 years old. My first ever, ever shipment was a container of condoms from Malaysia to Colombia. And hilarious. I was 17. I didn't even know what a condom was. I was that like, is hilarious. Send it. And Everybody in the office had a, a laugh, a, well, the youngest one, <laughs> getting the first shipment as a, a, a container full of latex. And I thought, I was like, yeah, no worries, I get it. Then latex. yes, to get them back, because the Malaysian is the best one, <laughs> which yeah, for everybody out there, if he's right. in Malaysia. <laughs> a little tip. <laughs> so, so when that container arrived, I went to see the client and he gave me some samples. I was 17. Anyway. That's so funny. So, for all the men in the office that actually had um, a laugh at me, I, I put a box in each. I got early and I put a box in each person, <laughs> in, on all the, especially the one that gave me grief, um, on all the, all the desk. And you should have seen it. They just came in and they just kind of put it in the pocket, like nothing That's funny. Happened. They probably loved it. <laughs> yeah, but but anything moves from anywhere. So that's, yes. that's one story. So obviously we move fashion we move pajamas we move shoes we move jewelry um we actually move ventilators at some point for COVID so we were bringing them from overseas into Australia for their hospitals um we have moved everything we have moved um I don't know how to put this delicate um we exported um horses juices (laughs) um that are or, um, yeah, that are, are sent overseas to create more horsey babies. Right. For, well, that, yeah, for I guess that's nice. It's I don't know weird. All of that's weird. weird. I, should, I should actually interview someone in, in that industry because it's, um, I mean, who, lo- who doesn't it's love horses? Something that is in, in a little container and it, and, and it could be, if he's a really, really good runner, could be a couple of million dollars that yeah. you send in somewhere. And it's for- called it's all uh, temperature controlled, right? It has to be temperature controlled because it can be, yeah, yes. above or below certain. Um, so, so, so we have done all crazy stuff. Um, I, I, I used to, we used to do the parties for McDonald's. So we will have to be at oh. four in the morning at the airport to make sure that the parties will arrive on time and fresh enough. So we have been exposed to many industries which is also the beauty of our company and our mm. industry in general so um i have done projects i have done you know um i have done a million things um and sometimes are funny and you, we can just laugh about it and and having good memories exactly you'll, you'll have lots of very funny experiences and what are some of the mistakes that people make with shipping 
items? Well, I think what I have found is the the biggest um, the biggest mistake that some companies do is um, not to do your um, due diligence when you are starting being every business, especially at the moment. Freight rates are really high. Um, there's delays everywhere, um, and sometimes they just go and buy something and think it's going to merc- like that is going to move. Um, yes. And that's why probably Plenty C specializes in a small and medium-sized companies because we nature clients from the beginning. So we we tell mm. them, this is why you have to be. This is all, are some tricks of the trade that you can take and save some money here or maybe base, base um, your international freight on this that is more expensive, but we try to move it this way so you can save some money. So I think that the, the biggest mistake is is uh, for people is just to think about international freight last when you already have your product and is ready to go. You need to engage with a with a good freight forwarder, hopefully plain to see. So insert the ad from the moment that you have an idea that that start and communicating not, with you. Start communicating and a lot of people, a lot of people that I talk to, their first shipment is not um, until two, three years down the track. But it's it's okay because because you already have the knowledge of everything that could happen, so you won't have surprises. And mm-hmm. we still have surprises sometimes. But yeah, of course, you know, plan better. But uh, and that's why, like the the um the misleading um thought that okay well I'm ready I just give them a call and the product will move yes I I have actually done that before myself uh not understanding how it all worked and also I've so I'm someone who has lived in a lot of different countries around the world I you know I've been involved in shipping furniture and all of you know our household goods when we've moved from country to country I still have a lot of stuff in storage, and but I, I do understand more about the shipping and I have a lot of respect for people that are working in it. It's, it's so much involved with it, definitely. Uh, what is the best piece of business advice anyone has ever given you? Um. I think that one of the best piece of advice in business um, came from actually one of the founders here from Anna, who does the development here. Um, Whenever something happens, she said, uh, okay, we try to fix it. Uh, We give it our our all. Um, If it's fixable, it's not fixable. The stuff that we can fix is the stuff that we we have to just take on board and you know lose money or or whatever um and she's always you know what next day just get up dust it off and move forward don't dwell i love that you know don't dwell on on the mistakes um Mm -hmm. just the mistakes are mistakes everybody makes mistakes you just need to find out the way that you can improve your process to avoid that mistake and just keep going so that's probably the best piece of advice. Yeah, that is good advice. That. Yeah, because people do get stuck on things and hung up on things and, oh, I could have done it better. I, I just think for everything, you know, again, we're human and we do things, but just keep looking towards the future and what your next thing is and, and do the best possible thing that you can. Uh, 
Yeah, just, just don't dwell, just learn and move. Yeah, exactly. Now, last question. What do you love most about your job? I love the people, well, I love the people that I work with. Mm -hmm. And that's what that's my everyday motivation to get out of bed and come to work. Because I um I work with people that I care about, and I'm mm -hmm. not only talking about my people here in the office. I'm talking about my clients, every single client I care for. Um, and um, I'm very proud to make a difference um, in, in, in somebody's life by helping them to move a product to make a living. And I think a lot of people would be envious of just how incredible your relationships are that you have with your people because you, I think you've just worked really hard. I mean, your business has been going for 11 years now and all of you are rock solid. And I think to be able to create something like that, I do think is extremely rare. And I think it's amazing, really. Thanks. Yes, we, we, we have, we, we would like to, to, to pride ourselves on, um, we, we are, we are the team behind the name. Um, it's a business, as I said before, it's a business, but it's also people and, and it's not, it's not the, it's not the, how many invoices or how much, how much money is coming in, what makes your business. People make this your business. And 100%. at the end of the day, relationships and caring and, and not lying to clients. Sometimes right. we have transparency. To say, you know what? I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Can we fix it? You know, or I made a mistake, or I got. I said to to a lot of clients, especially when they we have the USA or the European clients, where where I have to make decisions. Um, and I call them the following day. I say, okay, well, there was this situation that happened last night when you were sleeping. Um, and as a logistics manager, this is what I did. So this is the result. So mm -hmm. not calling them just to tell there is a problem. Just tell them there is a problem. This is the solution or there is a mistake. This is what we're going to do because then mm -hmm. you just get stuck on, on the one problem. And that goes part to go back to the previous question where you were saying, when we were saying, don't dwell on it, just fix mm -hmm. it and move on. And you're always focusing on the solution and just getting on with it. On people I, and solutions. What which we I do. think is brilliant. And, and you're right. Businesses are people. They are people. That's, that's we, we, everything, even from the person that we buy milk and bread in the morning. He's, he's somebody that got up at three in the morning to do his bread. Mm. Not, the, not the machine. He did it. So it's all about people interacting. Mm. So we just it's care about a whole each other. network of everything. Everything is so when you really look at it, everything is really interrelated and is affected by everything else that's going on in the world yeah, and in exactly. our own worlds. That's right. I think that we we experimented with COVID. We're all in, we're all connected somehow, mm. and COVID has came in. Well, obviously, it's bad that it was a disease, but COVID came in to prove that that you can't live on an island on your own with no interaction. No you need people. And, and that's why the good side that I'd see after COVID is people has actually care about people mm. because we are all interconnected. Um, and that was something that we, it, it had to 
COVID had to happen for us to actually understand and be in front of, oh, yeah, well, I depend on people. I can be on my own and self-sufficient because that doesn't happen. So we depend on businesses. Therefore, mm. we depend on people. So And let's hope we don't have COVID again. Let's hope. We no, can no, no, no. Uh, I know what you mean, but let's hope we can, um, I don't know. We None of us know what will happen, but um, it, it's admirable to see how people are moving through it and trying to continue on with their lives as best as they can. That's right. Carolina. That's right. And that's why Sam um, taught us to be flexible. We all have to have problems. We have to, uh, we are flexible. Everything is up for change at the moment. Yes, we have to definitely be flexible. I agree on that 100%. Carolina, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you and learn all of this stuff about freight and how key it is for so many people's businesses. How can people find you? Well, you guys can find us um, online. Um, just uh, our name is uh, Plain to See, so P-L-A-N-E, the number two, S-E-A. We kind of try to play with that double nice meaning Nice little there. play on words. <laughs> Our words are playing to see international. We are um, on Instagram. We are on, uh, you can find me and our company on LinkedIn, um, okay. on Facebook, or, you know, try to find me, Carolina, and um, I will point you to the right direction. Fantastic. Thank you again. It's been so great to talk to you and to meet you. And I can't wait to continue our conversations in the future. Absolutely. Thanks for the invitation and I'll do it again in a heartbeat. Oh, thank you so much. Me too. Take care. See you later. Take care. Bye. You've just finished listening to an episode of Rare Conversations. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and share it with a friend who you think would be interested in this topic. And if you have a business question, please send it in to us. We may very well answer it in our next episode. So be sure to tag me on social media at Leone Milano. The show notes and other information can be found on our website at www.leonimilano.com. Thank you again for listening and we look forward to having you back with us again soon.